Welcome to the Six Figure Business Mastery Podcast, where every week, Kirsten and Jeannie dive into the essential topics to fuel your business growth. From copywriting to course creation, mindset to video marketing, they've got you covered. Tune in for expert guest interviews on all things marketing and business, and learn how to work on your business, not just in it. So, get ready to unlock your business potential and take it to the next level. So I'm Kirsten and that's Jeannie with Six Figure Business Coaching. And Jeannie, would you like to introduce our guest today? I would, I am so, so excited. I met this lovely lady not that long ago and she's amazing. Her name is Leslie Gaudette of Leslie Gaudette Coaching. She's a motivational speaker and internationally best-selling author and self-care coach for female entrepreneurs, coaches, and course creators. She helps her clients prioritize self-care so they can wake up with more energy, focus, and intention to tackle their, their daily activities and serve their clients with confidence. So as we all know, burnout is on the rise. In fact, over half of female entrepreneurs say burnout has made them consider giving up entrepreneurship altogether. And she said she can totally relate because that was her. That's why she knows that it is the lifeblood to our success in life and business. So Leslie is going to talk to us today about why self-care is the answer to prevent burnout and give us some tips on how to avoid that. So thank you so much for being here, Leslie. Oh, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here with you ladies. Yay. We are too. And this is such a great topic because it is sad to think that people overdo it to the point where they are willing to give up their dream or maybe not willing to, but they burn out to the point where they feel like they don't have a choice, but to give up on their dream. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think uh, too, a, a lot of the time it's because we feel like we have to always be in the doing to feel successful when in fact, we're not really doing ourselves any favors by always staying in the doing because we end up burning out really quick. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's easy, especially for women to have the house and, and the kids and the community involvement and then the business and not being able to say no. And I feel like for me, I always joke that the first line of defense with self-care is the word, no, I can't do that, or no, I can't help with that, or this timing isn't right for me to do that. Or even with Jeannie and I, sometimes we have a great idea, and we have to say, that's a great idea, but no, it's not the right time to add something else to our, our plate, our list of things to do. Yeah, I love that you have that, because that's really one of my five essentials of, of self-care, is learning to say no, or not right now. Because a lot of the time, as I was saying, we, we get in that doing and we're looking for success. And what is really success? It's, is it really burning yourself the, the candle at both ends? Or is it finding a way to be in, in the moment of what you're doing, being focused on that instead of everything all at once and burning yourself out? You have a choice to make. And I think when you know like where you're at in your life, what you're working on right now and what you're doing aligns with that, anything that else that pops up that might be part of the process, if it doesn't fit right now, if you're confident enough in what you're doing, and that's what confidence is really something that you really have to cultivate. But if you're confident enough in what you're doing right now, then you can say either, no, this doesn't fit at all, or it just doesn't fit right now. And I'm okay to wait for it to show itself again. And in that process too, you open yourself up to that maybe, just maybe something that you're working on right now, that little nugget that you're working on, reveal something else. 
because somebody you get introduced to someone else, a new opportunity comes along, and it actually takes you down a different path that may be even better than the one you actually had envisioned. So when you allow yourself to say that no or not right now, that again opens you up to something bigger or better. Absolutely. So I feel like there's a lot of confusion around what is self-care. And I feel like you have a really good, you, you really explain this nicely. And so we're like, like let's start off with the definition of self-care. We, we know it's important because of burnout and things like that, but what is it? And it, I think people think it's woo or it's just sitting down and getting a pedicure or something. So how would you define self-care and a, maybe a, a longer term strategy for self-care based on the definition? Yeah, so I think a lot of people think that self-care is what I've talked to different women. They've said to me, they believe that self-care is the mani-pedis and the massages, going out for fancy lunches, buying yourself something that the celebration part. And that's great because those are those things are important because you're honoring yourself. And but I truly believe when it comes to that full success in both our life, our personal life and our professional life, self-care goes beyond that. It's being able to have those essentials in your life, like making sure that you're protecting your time by having boundaries around your time, especially maybe saying no, that's a boundary around your time or, and, and it really does come back to time or having a boundary around the things that you are willing to do or are interested to do or won't do, like having those boundaries like you can have hard boundaries that say no I, I'm not willing to do that or you can have boundaries that are soft that like this works for me but um, not right now or it works for me and I want to explore it more but it's also then having again being able to be structured in what you do daily that's a self-care moment for you because you have more if you have clarity around what you're doing if you know exactly where what your day looks like and you've structured it in a way that's productive so that you get done the things that really matter that really what if you're trying to build something that move the needle but that are not all over the place and doing everything every day you use your time that allows you to get more done efficiently and it allows then that time to segue into your personal life because segueing into your personal life, that means that you're going to have a hard stop to your day. And I think that's important. I think there's a lot of women that I've talked to, especially today, that are uh, working hours that are crazy hours because they're their own, they're their own business owner. And they haven't, I don't know if it's that they haven't learned it, but there maybe they maybe there's just this misconception of what entrepreneurship is supposed to look like that you're supposed to always be working when really it's about it really does come down to working smarter not harder but how do you do that and so I truly believe that when you have that clarity around what you do on a daily basis then you know exactly like what your Mondays your Tuesdays your Wednesdays your Thursdays and your Fridays look like and hopefully you're not working all weekend hopefully that time is spent doing things with your friends your family with your loved ones cultivating those relationships because they're going to support you in during those times when maybe you're not feeling so great about life but having that hard stop too is allowing you then to even at the end of your day I know a lot of women who are moms who have families and it's that time to cultivate with their kids with their significant other or even if they're a single mom it's that time with their children creating those 
those bonds because they're also teaching their kids that self-care is important and part of it is the relationship aspect of it, the building of the relationships. And then one thing I think is really important, again, when it comes to time, is learning how to take breaks. If you don't take breaks throughout your day and you're always working, you might think that, oh, this is normal for me. I've done this for so long. I've been doing this. But you might end up in a burnout moment. I have my own story around burnout in my early 20s because I was that girl who thought I could, I, this is how I am. This is how I work. There's no problem. I have all this energy. I, there's nothing wrong until it ended up coming at me full force. And I didn't know what to do. I started having panic attacks. So it's really learning to take those breaks so that you are allowing yourself to rest, your mind to rest, to, to process what you fed it. Because it's like you're feeding your body while you're feeding your brain when you're constantly, when you're looking at a screen and you're working on something, you're feeding your brain, but it has to have time to digest what you fed it. And so if you don't give yourself the break, it's like your brain is just going to go on overload and you're going to find you become restless. You might become tired, irritable, emotional, not knowing why you're feeling less motivated, distracted because burnout is on the horizon for you. And so it's all these little things around self-care that we know are important, but often I think there could be, and I don't know, I haven't asked this question of anyone yet, but do you feel that self-care, and this is a question I'd love to know the answer to, that maybe someone feels, some of the, the per people that I talk to feel that self-care is intrusive of their time rather than something that actually supports them so that they can use their time wisely and they can have more quality of life. Yeah, I love that. So time management isn't just a productivity thing. It's, it is a self-care thing. And I imagine there's a lot of people who just feel like, they need to be in front of the computer all day long, but they're not necessarily working. You know what I mean? They're they're They think they're working and they feel like they're working because the computer's in front of them. But I know that when I take breaks or when I take an entire 24 hours off, I feel rejuvenated. I feel excited again to jump back in it. So I don't, I think people forget that, that time away can be very, positive and sometimes actually when i've got something that i'm stuck on that i can't i can't figure out how to fix or i can't figure out what the right direction is when i step away from it and do something else go go outside or play with my dogs or i just started a puzzle <laughs> something that kind of relaxes your brain and then sometimes that answer comes and you go oh that was it so that can be really creative productive time even though it's relaxing and self-care time yeah, absolutely. Because think about this is another thing when it comes to the hard stop that I mentioned. If you work until, let's say, 9, 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, some women I know are into the wee hours of the next day. When you're finished with what you're doing and then you try to go to sleep, what's happened? It's like feeding your body food. Uh, your body's trying to digest while well, your brain's trying to digest. And so it's on like on autopilot and you're like, oh, my gosh, I, I want I just want to go to sleep. But you, what you've done is you've turned your brain on and said, okay, I want you to process this. So you can't, it's like trying to have both things at one time. And it's impossible if your brain is saying, I want to talk about this. I want to think about this. I want to like process this. I want to un unravel this mystery that of whatever this is that you've given me to look through, to, to figure out. And that's why 
I've even found myself, if I've done that, it's really hard to go to sleep. And then you might even wake up in the middle of the night because now, because your brain is like saying, aha. And it's always like, it's waking you up and saying, by the way, I wanted you to know this. And then you're trying to get back to sleep again. And it's, it's really important, I think, to recognize that it's knowing how you spend your days will help that you being able to have those hard stops so that you feel satisfied with what you've done. And knowing what you do every day is not doing everything every day, but having it spread out throughout your week. And what does that look like? And if you have a team, what does that look like for them? Because you also want to make sure that they're using their time wisely, that they're also making sure that self-care is priority. So you have a well-rounded, healthy team, but also you get things done. This is so funny because it, it makes me think of a story, something that actually happened. Jeannie and I have a friend and her name is Michelle and she owns a law firm. And Michelle and I were in the strategic coach program 15, 20 years ago. It's been a long time. But when you talk about structuring your day, they're really big on Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays are off. You work four days a week and you have a real structure to your time and hard stops, like you said. And so one of the things that they talk about for time management is to try to have all of your appointments on the same days. Obviously, if you have court dates and things like that, you can't control everything. But what was happening was her team was used to, if people called in to talk about their case and set up an initial consultation with her, they would just book them whenever, whatever day they could come in. And so she was saying, no, I can only do these meetings on Tuesdays and Thursdays. These are my days to meet with clients, to figure out their case, if I can take their case, these are the days I'm doing that. She kept telling her staff that, and they kept booking them on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, just whenever. And I'll just never forget, we were actually at our coaching session in Philadelphia, and she was venting about this. And basically our coach Jan said, get up right now and go call your staff and tell them to cancel every appointment that's not on the Tuesday or Thursday, and to move them to Tuesday or Thursday, and if they cannot, then they won't be our clients. So it was hard and fast. You're either gonna move them to Tuesday or Thursday because that was the excuse her team used. They couldn't come in on a Tuesday or Thursday. Mm -hmm. So she had to actually say, if they can't come in on the Tuesday or the Thursday, they're meant to go to a different attorney. They're not gonna be our client at all. But it was miraculous when she drew that hard line in the sand for her team, miraculously, everyone was able to come in on the Tuesday or the Thursday. And I think that's that's what happens with us, right? We, in our minds, we create these boundaries that if I don't say yes, if Monday's my day to just do office work and record videos and, and not take appointments, if somebody wants to meet on a Monday, if I don't say yes to them, then I'm going to lose them. So we're so like, we just don't have the ability, like you said, to have the boundaries, but accepting mm -hmm. that if someone can't meet with you with the, the works within your schedule, then maybe that person's not meant to be your client. And I know that's scary, but I feel like that's a form of self-care, honoring the way you set up your day and the way you choose to work, whether you're a solopreneur or you have a team. So I'm so glad that you brought this up because again, I don't think most people think of this type of thing as self-care. And it's really where it yeah. starts, right? Absolutely. And one of the things too about protecting your time, especially around that, is that makes sure that you are accountable to your own boundary as well. 
So she is accountable to her own boundary. And she'd been trying to get her staff to understand that teaches them in a way it's a learning moment for them. And hopefully they learn from that, that this is something that they can do for themselves. You don't have to say yes to everything. And of course, if someone's not meant for you, that's okay. You don't want to show up to a call because you feel obligated. You have to be there. And that energy comes across that. Oh, I don't feel like being on this call today. It's, uh, it's an, a nuisance. It's interrupting my day that I typically have on a Monday or a Wednesday. And because you've gone ahead and, and booked these calls for me, uh, now you know, I have to grudgingly show up to these calls. And I think teaching her staff that my time is important and there's a reason, there's a, a structure to what I've done for myself and that ho hopefully teaches them that. So hopefully they learned from it. There's that whole people-pleasing thing too. And I think people are afraid to say no because they maybe they were afraid to say no because they didn't want to lose the business but finally understanding when she said look if, if they're not willing to change to Tuesday or Thursday then they're not meant to be served by this law firm and that's okay and that really I think gives them permission to be like oh okay now I fully understand so I love that well thank you yeah I, I think a lot of self-care for again I think Jeannie and I will both feel this way is the inner work, right? It's doing the inner work to feel confident in the choices that we make or feeling like we deserve to have a structure that we're able to manage. And yes, things always happen. There are emergencies and things that pop up, but it's not a day-to-day -day thing. It's not a week-to-week -week thing. It's the exception, not the rule. But I know, you know, we've had both had to do a lot of inner work to get there. So you have the confidence and you have I think just the sense of who you are and what you want and, and a good picture of how you want your life to flow. And so do you feel like inner work is part of the self-care that you talk to your clients about? Absolutely. 100%. Because I think it comes from how we feel about ourselves is the way we show up in our world. So whatever is being reflected back to us is what we're reflecting out to the world. So if you are, for example, maybe you're someone who has a hard time saying no because you don't let you don't want people to judge you or you don't want people to talk badly of you you don't want to disappoint people you want people to like you it all comes from that external validation and that could be something from the past a lot of my work that I've done with my clients is taking them back to the past because that's where the clues are. The clues to how we show up in our world today is reflected from the things that have happened to us in our lives the way we processed, uh, our experiences. And so one of the things I always like to, to talk about is public speaking. I have a client right now who recently just left her PR position company for some personal reasons, but she was so used to being out in the public and, and speaking, but someone like that has to have that confidence to, to be able to do that. And if you come from a background where Maybe you were judged or criticized by something you said when you were younger, maybe giving a presentation and especially maybe in school, you're giving a class presentation and some of the students laugh. They were laughing because they were being silly in the back, maybe of the room, but you thought it was because of you and you take that with you. You take it with you and through your life and you might've had another similar uh, occasion happen. And then all of a sudden that becomes your truth for you. So now when it comes to public speaking, you're nervous, you are, you're hesitant, you push back. If someone asks you to do it, you maybe even outright refuse. You come up with the excuses that you can't do it 
when it's really there's that fear that people will laugh or have something to say or judge. One of the things that's important to, for people to remember is everyone has an opinion. It doesn't have to be the truth. Someone has an opinion about you doesn't mean that it's true. Someone might not like what you're presenting. That's okay. That's their opinion. And if you can look at it from that perspective, then it can give you that confidence. But also too, if that was you, as an example, where you were criticized when you were younger uh, and you thought judged about your public speaking skills, just because you, some of the students in the back of the room laughed and you thought they were laughing at you, making fun of you, look at it from that perspective that maybe they were just being silly. They were passing notes. They were joking around because in school, that's some of the things I remember seeing some of my classmates do, laughing, passing notes, passing notes about who likes who and all of those crazy puzzles uh, that were going around in school. Looking at it from that perspective gives you like, oh, maybe that is what it was. And even if it wasn't, wasn't that, I can always look at it from this perspective today. I'm a much different person. I can now start looking for the evidence that I can actually do that because number one, if someone asks you to do it, then obviously they saw something in you that maybe you failed to see, but they saw something in you. So that's evidence to support that you can do it. So start looking for the evidence. So that's how I, for me, what I do is not only do I have them go back to looking at the past, but if there's something that they're dealing with today, I ask them to provide me first with the evidence to support the negative way of thinking. And if it's just fear, I can always, then I say, okay, if it's just the fear, what is the evidence that can support what you want? And we walk through that. And it's really helpful to be able to look at it from the, the two sides of the coin, like the one where there's really no supportive evidence and the other side of the coin where it's like heavier with all of these great supporting things. Other people are coming to you, asking you to do speaking engagements, people asking you to be on their podcasts, people asking you to be on their TV shows then that's a good thing. Obviously, there's the evidence to support that you actually can do this. There's probably other things as well. So that's like how I do it from both sides. That's fantastic. I couldn't help but, uh, I don't know if you saw me, I giggled for a second because my best friend from third grade was just visiting with me last week. So she's been a week here in, in Sarasota. And I had maybe three or four years ago, I'd found a small box of letters. They, they were notes. Some of them were letters that we had written in the summer back when you actually wrote letters to each other over the summer. <laughs> but a lot of them were notes that were folded like those little square triangle things that you passed in class. So we were reading those and we were dying laughing. So yeah, you think about all the things that happened when we were kids and how it does affect us sometimes in a negative way. But I can tell you from reading those notes, we were all idiots, right? And I'm sure that your classmates were all idiots too. <laughs> so you gotta let it go. And I think it's, that's fantastic that you help people with that. And earlier you said something about you have five essential things that you actually work with your clients with. Yes. Yeah, so there's five, I feel like the five essentials of self-care to help you su support you professionally and personally are, first of all, I talked about it already is learning to say no or not right now because that's important. You know, if you say yes to everything, what you're doing is you're shutting the door to all of the possibilities that are actually better for you that might actually lead you down a better path. You know, when someone says this or something better, that you, you know, if you can really lean into that, it's a great way to think because you don't want to be just rigid on one thing 
to the point where you don't allow yourself to be open to other things. So learning to say no or not right now. The other is asking for help. This is one of the things that I learned became a strength for me. I always thought it was a weakness to ask for help because that meant I had to be vulnerable and admit things out loud that um, I was afraid to. But when you do that, it opens you up to get support. Also can open you up to get support from people that might be in your circle, like especially if you have a really good circle of people in your life who support you. They could help you with what you're dealing with. Asking for help too, so that you don't have to do everything by yourself means that you can free up some of your time. So part of that is delegating your tasks. If you have a team, being able to trust your team that if you know exactly what it is that they're that you want them to do, that you're able to articulate that enough that they understand and then giving them the ability to, to do it and be okay with allowing them that freedom and then getting back to them and cultivating that relationship with your team members so that they get better and better at what they do, like your friend did with the learning about appointment setting. Then the next one would be taking mental breaks. I think this is the most important one because if you're always working and you're not taking any breaks, then you're not allowing your brain to, to as I would say, digest what you've already, what you fed it. Uh, and that means, that doesn't mean like you turn off work screen and you go to your phone and turn on social media, complete break from it. Now, if you use your phone, like I do, I'll go for a walk and I'll use my phone to listen to a podcast or listen to a, an audible book. Then that's different because I'm not, I'm just listening as I'm outside in nature, but for them, I'm not really, I'm filling my mind with positivity in a way to help me grow. Cause I always feel like self-development is a lifestyle choice. And I think it's important to continuously grow so that we feel good about ourselves and we live a really great life. So taking those breaks is really important. And then having that hard stop to the day. So for me, I think is probably crucial, especially if you want to get a good night's sleep. If you just turn off your laptop at 9 a.m., 9 p.m. and then you fall into bed after you've just finished working on a presentation and then you fall into bed, your brain isn't turning off. So you're going to have that monkey mind. So being able to like allow yourself to unwind from it allows you to then set yourself up like your brain to wind down, if you will. And also too, if you have a family, one of the ladies that I know, she's She's amazing at what she does. But one of the things she told me recently with from her four-year-old son was, mommy, can you put your phone down? And she recognized that, oh boy, my four-year-old is asking me to put my phone down. And then her husband reiterates that by saying, yes, can you put your phone down? Because this time should be for us. And so she recognized that. And now she has a hard stop that is non-negotiable, that she spends time with her family so she can build those bonds. And that fosters a great uh, relationship with her own family, but it also teaches now her son and her daughter that they're important and that self-care is important. They may not know that it's self-care related, but they're, she's going to teach them that. And then for me, I think is the last thing is really around that time, that time for setting structuring your day like I really feel is so important time it always comes back to time and so one of the things that I would suggest and I always suggest this to the, the women that I work with is take a piece of paper and write down or make a google docs folder and put the time you get up in the morning to the time you stop work 
and fill in all of your actual things that you do on the times that you have allotted for them. And it allows you to see all the white space that you have available. And then you'll see that you're not really always working. But if you don't know what it looks like, you're going to feel like you're always working, that you don't really have the time. Because a lot of women will say, I don't have time. What do you really do on a day? I do this and I do this, but are you doing that all day long? Or is it just a part of your day? So allowing yourself to see where you're, what you actually do every day, where your actual appointments are, then being able to see, oh, I have all this available time. This It's really liberating to see all this available time. Oh, I can go for a walk here. Oh, I can go and do yoga. I can... Maybe this is my hard stop. So now family has a couple hours. We're going to do this. We're going to sit around the dinner table. We're going to talk. We're going to do this. We're going to do whatever that looks like for you is how, when you see that time for you, is going to be really liberating. And this part to go with that, as I also want to reiterate, is that self-care doesn't have to look the same as everyone else. So your friend's self-care routine is not your routine. It, your routine has to fit your lifestyle. I'm not a mom, so I don't have young children and I didn't have young children. I've been married now just over 27 years and we we had decided not to have children because we moved a lot and I didn't, we didn't want to really have kids uprooting them like every few years. It's now been for the last three years, it'd been every like five, six months. And so now like my time is so different. I can structure my days differently. You might not be able to do that. So be okay that your self-care, whatever you, however you start your day, start it on a, start it with a win for you and then sprinkle throughout the day that you're making sure you're having those hard stops, the learning to say no, so you're not start saying yes to everything, taking those breaks, all of those things, asking for help if you need it, be open and vulnerable. It's okay. I promise if you have a really great group of people who love you, it's okay to ask. I think it's interesting because women are so quick to offer help and do things for other people, but we don't realize it's a two-sided coin, right? So think about how good you feel or we feel when we're actually able to help someone. Mm -hmm. So if you're not asking for help and you're not letting other people help you, in some ways you're robbing them of the opportunity to feel good. We all enjoy helping each other, but it is a two-way street. And so I find it fascinating that we are so afraid or um, hesitant to ask for help. So I love that that's one of your self-care points. I would have never thought about that as a self-care point, but I think it's absolutely incredible that you do. And you really opened my eyes up to that. Um, And of course, Jeannie and I are really big on helping our clients with delegating, building their team. Um, Because again, as a business owner, you only have so many hours in the day and you started your business because you have the interest in helping people, the desire to help people, but you end up spending so much time doing little piddly things that are not really getting you closer to serving more people. So I love the fact that you talk about that um, is a self-care thing. So thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, self-care is found in everything we do, including if if you cook for a family or cook for yourself, or if you have just someone in your home, in your life that you cook for, you are, that's a self-care moment because you're not just throwing something together. You're thinking like, how are they going to like it? I want to make it, you're making it with love. So that's, you can look at every interaction that you, everything that you do in life can be a self-care moment. If you look at it from how is this of service to myself, to others, to make this world a better place. 
Yeah, Jeannie, when you're here and I'm cooking for you, it's all love. Oh, I love that. Kirsten's a fantastic cook. And so is my husband. So I am spoiled and I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> so Leslie, we have so enjoyed having you. You are a wealth of information as well as you make me want to take better care of myself. <laughs> and I think that's what it's all about. Yeah, thank you so much. I've really loved being here. Good. And you have a free self-care guide that I, I will share below. Um, I will share a link to that so everybody can grab that. But we love, love, love having you. We can't wait to implement because again, like you said, we don't think of time management as self-care, but it actually is. And I feel like there's lots of little things that we can do every day to using your tips to to just be happier and more energetic. Yes. Yeah. And we also have a free guide for you guys. It's called double your income with a marketing virtual assistant. So that might be a part of your self-help or your self-care is to actually think about hiring someone. So if we can help you with that. We would love to. So this has been an awesome conversation. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we will see you all next week. So thanks for being here again, Leslie, and we'll talk to you all soon. Thanks for listening to the Six Figure Business Mastery Podcast. If you enjoyed listening to this episode and you are ready to leverage video marketing on all online platforms, or maybe even start your own video podcast, then you need to check out the Done For You and Done With You program at themarketingvaadvantage.com and take your business to the next level.